I think that is a really common experience. So work in the tradition of sociology actually shows that motherhood and, and maternal identity is this giant shift in your sense of self. And what that can mean is that for a while, especially as a new mom, what happens is you kind of lose that sense of self. You don't know who you are uh, until you really gain a grounding in your sense of being a mom and weaving back in those threads of who you may have been. Yeah, I was quite proud of my career, I guess. I'd worked hard. I'd worked in, in the bush, in the regions, and I'd worked over in, in London for the BBC and Al Jazeera. And I, I was proud to be a news editor and a news leader. I was earning good money as well. I, I knew who I was and I felt very comfortable in that role. As we grow into and through adulthood, we all have our passions. It might be our career and or our creative or sporting hobbies. We spend an incredible amount of time and effort on these things and they're part of our identity. But then along comes a baby. And despite our best efforts, that baby can become all-consuming. The career and hobbies, our very sense of self can disappear, consumed by the new little being who needs us to survive. So how do we cope? And who can we be when our personal time becomes so limited? Welcome to our podcast for parents, Navigating Parenthood, brought to you by HCF. I'm Gretchen Miller. In this series, we're covering a raft of changes that happen when you become a parent, talking to people who are going through these changes right now and inviting experts to share their professional perspective. Before we go on, this podcast contains general health information and shouldn't be relied on as medical advice about your situation. Talk to your doctor for health advice and services. HCF doesn't adopt or endorse any statements or opinions made during the podcast. And if you're feeling depressed or anxious and need to talk to someone now, call Lifeline on 131114. This episode is all about finding the elusive balance between work and family and forging your new identity as a parent. We'll be chatting to social psychologist Dr Lisa Williams from UNSW about this in just a moment. But let's start with Stephanie Hunt. Before giving birth, Stephanie was at the top of her game in the news world, working as a journalist for Sunrise and Al Jazeera, covering hard news including terror in the Middle East and many other world events. But then along came Clementine, who's now 20 months old, and Stephanie has another on the way. Congratulations, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Being at home with your baby after working at Channel 7 and at Al Jazeera as a news journalist, it actually wouldn't have been that hard to stay in touch with work, because all you'd have to do is turn on the TV during, say, a morning feed at 5.30 in the morning and watch all your colleagues doing their thing. Did you do that after the birth? You know what? I, I really didn't. I was deep into the baby bubble and I loved being deep into the baby bubble. But for the first time since I think I'd finished school, I completely tapped out of the news cycle. I couldn't watch anything sad. I couldn't watch world news. I couldn't watch anything to do with Trump. I couldn't deal with anything sad. It was it was way too much. And it was such a contrast to being, um, you know, a complete news junkie obsessed with anything to do with the Middle East or politics or Australian general stories. I couldn't deal with anything that was sad. Yeah. 
Oh, I think I watched Moana, the cartoon. I was bawling. I'd watch anything or just sad ad on TV or a cute ad and I'd, I'd start crying. Just, I just had all these emotions going through me and I, yeah, I, just, I wasn't interested. What sort of conversations were you having with your partner, Ben, at this point? Because he too is a journalist. He was deep in the baby bubble with me as well for the first probably month or six weeks and then he had to return to work. I think he probably tapped back into the news cycle a bit easier than I did. Um, but I remember the first time he left, he left the house to go to work. I was like, what? What am I going to do? <laughs> Don't you dare leave. Okay. So Lisa, is this a common experience for new mothers to find that what they used to love now just feels alien? And I think that is a really common experience. So work in the tradition of sociology actually shows that motherhood and, and maternal identity is this giant shift in your sense of self. And what that can mean is that for a while, especially as a new mom, what happens is you kind of lose that sense of self. You don't know who you are uh, until you really gain a grounding in your sense of being a mom and weaving back in those threads of who you may have been. And this heightened empathy that Stephanie was feeling, wouldn't anyone with a new baby feel horrified perhaps at some of the stories of the world that they read and see? Yeah, I think that enhanced sense of identity that is now in very firmly inclusive of another person, this, this new baby, what that means is that our sense of concern for the world is also expanded. So not only do we care necessarily more about what's happening in the world, we also have this future concern, right? Because this new human is also going to be navigating a world likely beyond us. Uh, so I think both that, that caring concern that comes from literally having a baby, but also the future implications for that are driving that increased empathy. So you're very much, you're no longer just you at this point. In fact, you are you plus baby. That's right. So true. And then I felt like I had, had this huge responsibility as a female and as, a, as a, a mother and as a member of society to be a great role model for this little like four-month-old baby. And I was, as you were saying, I was so concerned about huge global Issues. I was sort of. I, I couldn't watch the news, but suddenly I was really worried about the future that my daughter would be entering into. Mm, so mothers can save the world, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and Stephanie, so let's go back a, a little in time. You're pregnant. You're working in the newsroom. Did you have an awareness of your identity at this point before you had Clementine? I did. I, I was. Yeah, I was, I was quite proud of my career, I guess. I'd worked hard. I'd worked in, in the bush, in the regions, and I'd worked over in, in London for the BBC and Al Jazeera. And I, I was proud to be a news editor and a news leader. And I felt very comfortable in the roles that I had. I was earning good money as well. I, I knew who I was and I felt very comfortable in that role. And did you consider that that would change so dramatically at the time? Did you have any idea? <laughs> I think my mum, uh, my mum has four kids. My mum is fabulous. And I think she might have said, oh, you know, things do change. But she also said that it's, to an extent, it's a choice as well. I mean, I could have gone back to that role if I wanted to, but I chose not to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's completely different now. How did you go about creating new networks for yourself? My mum, again, was very wise in saying it's all about having a support network around you. That really, really helps. And so I joined a mother's group and I was very fortunate to have lovely women and men in, in our group. 
And it's a really cool group because we were all so different. There was breastfeeding, there was no breastfeeding, formula, C-section, natural birth, hypnobirth. It was so diverse that there was very little judgment. And we really, and even now, obviously, we really look after each other and prop each other up. Did you guys talk about that much, being professional women and coming to be mothers? The first sort of six to nine months, we didn't at all. Most of us were really happy to just be in the bubble, be in the baby mode and enjoy ourselves. But then as sort of one by one, we all sort of trickle back into the workforce. That was when the conversation definitely came into force. Lisa, it sounds like for some women, it can be quite a vulnerable time. Should women also have a plan for themselves as somebody who is now adding motherhood to their list of who they are? I think that research would support the idea that having a plan to anticipate these giant identity shifts will likely be a benefit. Um, So being steamrolled by it and not anticipating that it might be a shift or that it might actually be a source of distress for you means that you can't actually work to buffer against that should it arise. So one thing you might be able to do is to select the aspects of your identity that you think you might be able to continue once you are a mom and do things ahead of time to proactively ensure that you're able to thread that through or have a plan in place of when and how you might pick that back up, be that a work identity or even a hobby identity. The second bit that you can do is ensure that you are maintaining those sources of social support. I think that it's, it's no surprise that the mums group or the parents group is such a wildly popular idea and largely so successful because we know that early parenthood can be a really isolating experience and putting people together who have a strong shared sense of experience is really where social support happens. So the most recent research out of social psychology suggests that when you have those types of social groups that are cohesive and positive, that's where you get your best source of social support, be that advice or simply an open ear when you have a problem. And what are some of the positive identity changes that can come with motherhood? For example, let's talk about pride. (laughs) Sure, my my favorite emotion. (laughs) Uh, So uh, my own work has shown that pride has a whole bunch of benefits for individuals. So when we're proud, we work harder at our goals, we demonstrate our skills to others. But the newest front of research on pride is actually what we call vicarious pride. And this is pride you have in another person's success. Now, parenthood is the ideal prototypical case of vicarious pride, right? We are really easily proud of children's successes. And that's the most frequent thing we see when we ask people, think of a time you were proud of someone. Sure enough, most parents uh, nominate a time of their children. So what that means is that this identity shift of parenthood to including a baby means that we have this brand new opportunity to feel proud of of someone who we've raised. This is Navigating Parenthood, the podcast which is all about you, brought to you by HCF, and we'd love to hear what you think about us, so leave a review wherever you're listening and tell your friends to check out the show. We'll be back in just a moment to talk about that critical return to work. Life's full of little bumps, some you can plan for, some you can't. That's why HCF created My Family Packages with flexible extras so you control how you spend on the services you need the most. Visit hcf.com.au today. Waiting periods of up to 12 months apply. So, Stephanie, what happened when you started to feel the urge to go back to work? 
I think it was around the nine-month mark and um, I was getting lots of good sleep. Clementine was sleeping very well. I was starting to feel a little bit more like myself and my brain just switched back on, I guess. And I suddenly wanted to learn more and read a new book or um, I did an online business course and and then I realised that I wasn't too far off needing to return. What did you do with that course? Well, my husband thought I'd gone completely crazy. I decided to um, <laughs> import uh, these beautiful rugs from the Middle East. You had a connection. To I the had Middle a connection. East. That's right. And I suddenly woke up thinking. I really want to be back travelling and back in the streets of the Middle East. And I had friends and I had different guys that I could source these beautiful tribal rugs from. So I I just started doing it very slowly. I didn't realise it's so important for me because it's a connection. It's it's that Steph Hunt travelling and, and storytelling and living in the Middle East that was so important to me before baby that obviously I can't just pick up um, my life at the moment and you know head back to the Middle East, but I can still have connections. You wanted to make that cultural connection again with a place that had been important to you and you found a different way. It wasn't just about news. How interesting. When did you first put Clem into childcare? So I popped Clem in childcare. I think she was almost one. So I'd sort of finished my 12 months of maternity leave. So she, yeah, I, I popped her in. And the funny story is the first day that I popped her in, I was a mess, understandably. She was crying and reaching out and and I was bawling. And, and that's that real mother's guilt like in the pit of your stomach. You think I, I should be looking after her. But interestingly, I had to interview Ida Buttrose straight away. That was I had to drop Clementine off and I was running late. I had to say quickly, say goodbye and then go to this interview. And um, I interviewed Ida. And then afterwards, we just had a little bit of downtime and she was just sort of asking what I, you know, how my day had been. And I, I'd mentioned that it was I dropped my child off for the first time. And she was so cool. She was great. She just said, you know, it's a, it's a transition. It'll take some time, but it's very important for women to have their own life as well. And she said, and new mums make great working mums as well. We're very focused. We're not wasting time on office politics. We're in and, you know, we do a good job. What's your attitude to the work-life balance now? I'm still trying to find the work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, do you find that you can ask for help? Yes. I have definitely learnt that it's very important to ask for help and to put your hand up and say, can someone please look after my child or I need some assistance here or there, where before I was in the early days, I think I was trying to do it all myself and I was very, um, I think I was also very defensive. I wanted to work out what being a mother was like on my own and, and set my own boundaries, which I think is fine. And But now I know what I'm doing and now I'm, I'm happier to bring in someone to help me out. What's your advice to parents who may be transitioning to that combined role, that combined identity of work and parent? I guess the biggest advice would be going back to this theme around the multifaceted self and recognizing that it's okay uh, to to actually pick up those threads of identity in modern life. That's such a common thing to do. So not everyone returns to work, but for those that do, this is a pretty monumental shift and you have to deal with leaving your baby in the care of another person, um, whether that's family or formal daycare. And so I think that navigating that, the most important thing to do is, is to appreciate that that's going on. And one tip is to to balance that out. My 
own anecdotal evidence from friends is that the people who tend to navigate that best are folks who at least early on can really kind of cordon off time. And time with baby is time with baby and time at work is very much time at work. And if you can afford that type of of siloing of your interests, then navigating the blending of them later can come a bit more naturally. Stephanie, did you find that there was judgment from anyone at work or mothers who were a bit resentful that you'd gone back to work? I didn't find any judgment from mums going back to work. I think because I I took 12 months off, um, which is a nice, it's quite a long time. I was very, I was fortunate to be able to take 12 months off. So um, I didn't um, feel judged in that respect. But once I was at work, I felt like I had to really prove that I was focused and that I was there to work and that I wasn't being distracted and being a mummy. You know, I had to, I felt like I had to really pull up my socks and be a professional. Was that hard? I think I was ready to go back. So I was ready to be focused. So being someone who had always done long hours and was very career focused and didn't have any distractions, if there was a big story, you just go for it. Or if there's, you know, um, it was, I found it difficult to suddenly say at 4.45, okay, I have to go because I have to pick up my child. That was a new thing for me. And I definitely have a lot less guilt or I'm not really as concerned as I would have been before kids. I think now I go, okay, I've I've been at work. I've worked very hard. I've been focused. It's the end of the day and I need to go. So I've learned to just to do that. Final words from both of you for mums and other carers juggling that work-life balance. I think it's really important, as we've mentioned, to, is to have a support network. So to have to have your mates, to have a mother's group or to have family or friends or anyone that you can just, you can just be yourself and voice your concerns. I mean, it, it's it's always said, but, you know, do your best and realise that no one is perfect. It's never, ever going to be perfect and look after yourself and be kind to your mum and be kind to your partner <laughs> too, <laughs> if you can. I'd only like to echo that point about the need to maintain these various social identities as motherhood is navigated. I think research time and time again shows that the best way to navigate big series of changes is to anticipate it and and recognize that it's okay. And for a while, motherhood may be all there is, and that's okay to sit with that, but then eventually work towards having bringing these threads back in because we know the value of having broad support networks, different aspects of our identity. So eventually coming back to that point on your own time is probably the best way forward. Thank you to both of you for joining us, Stephanie Hunt, mother and journalist, and Dr Lisa Williams from the School of Psychology at the University of New South Wales. And listeners, if today's content has left you feeling anxious and you feel the need to talk to someone now, call Lifeline on 131114 or check in with your doctor for any ongoing concerns. This is Navigating Parenthood, brought to you by HCF. I'm Gretchen Miller, and as always, if you enjoyed the show and would love a friend to listen, maybe a new parent or soon-to-be new parent, why not share it with them? And leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. You'll find more information about our guests and more resources from HCF in the episode notes. See you next time. Next time.